preach on a subject that uh, I have preached on before here, and it's not grace, uh, which we could use a lot more grace, amen? Uh, but I want to talk to you about the fruit of the Spirit. By the way, <clears throat> I'm glad I studied earlier in the week because uh, I spent all afternoon confessing sin because uh, my sermon this morning, you know, did y'all did y'all get all fessed up? Huh? It's none of my business. It's none of your business. But uh, uh, we that's a good sermon, wasn't it? And he's not uh, through with it. I think I'm gonna be absent next week. Uh, he's gonna finish it up. But uh, but you know, it's good that we we should confess our sin. Is it wrong for God? to expect something from us, a relationship, uh, uh, admitting when we're wrong. You know, any relationship, that's not easy with your wife, with your husband. Uh, there's times you just have to bite the bullet and say, I, I, I was wrong. I think I was wrong this time. And uh, a lot of times uh, the other one will say, no, no, I, I think I, I think I'm the one that was wrong. And then you get in a new fight, to, fighting over who was wrong. But uh, that's a good way to fight. But uh, the fruit of the spirit is such a blessed thing uh, that God gives us, and we we need to be conscious of it all the time. That the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to us and trying to uh, teach us along the way and lead us and really make our Christian life a much wonderful experience uh, with the Lord and with the world around us, you know. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit just covers it all. And um, we, we need to be reminded that the Holy Spirit is continually working in our life uh, to produce the fruit of the Spirit. We can't produce it ourselves. It's not something uh, that we can do when just say, I want to be more loving. I think I'm going to work on that. Well, we're just human and fleshly and selfish. Amen? What, what is the uh, definition I heard years ago of love? Love is the sacrificial giving of yourself to another without expecting anything in return. Amen. Now the world says, I'll love you if you'll love me. I'll treat you good if you treat me good. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll be kind if you'll be kind. Amen. Uh, no, the only person you can control is you. Amen. And if... Uh, you're kind and your mate is kind, you have a wonderful marriage, amen? Just in that. <clears throat> I'm glad that me and my wife didn't have too many knockdown, drive, drag, knockdown and drag outs. <laughs> uh, I, I, we did have one I can remember very clearly. And, you know, I didn't see my wife for several days. And about the third or fourth day, the swelling began to go down in my right eye, and I could see her again. Amen. And uh, so, 
The next fight was years, years, and years. I don't think we had any more after that one. Uh, but uh, God wants us to be, to live under the power of the Holy Spirit all the time uh, with our loved ones, with a stranger on the street, with just a casual acquaintance. We should be governed by the fruit that the Holy Spirit is producing in our lives. Uh, it's a wonderful thing if we'll just get on board with the Holy Spirit and uh, like I'm sure if he could speak to us, he'd say, now work with me a little here. Amen? Uh, just try this. Just try a little kindness. Try a little patience. Amen? Uh, work with me here. We, we, can, we can go a long ways if we'll just work with the Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the, of the Spirit is how uh, the Holy Spirit works with us. He... Uh, uh, he's what he wants to produce in each of our lives. He, he, sometimes he's able to have a bumper crop of it. Sometimes there's a drought. And it's not any of it his fault. Uh, but it's our response, you know, and how we uh, are conscious. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Every day when we wake up, we ought to say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. And good morning, Jesus, and good morning, Father. We ought to be aware of their presence with us all the time. Throughout the day, we ought to talk to them. Uh, and when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we should say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I heard that. I'm listening. I get the point. I get the drift. I know what you're trying to say to me. I know what I should be doing. And... Uh, I want to live for the glory of the Lord. So it's the fruit of the Spirit that He uses. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Now, I was going to cover the works of the flesh. It's right above that. But that's where we are. The works of the flesh. You know, it doesn't take anything to be fleshly. To be carnal. Uh, we don't have to work on it. We don't have to work at getting mad, being hateful, talking back, calling names, uh, being impatient. Amen? All the things that the works of the flesh, it just comes pretty natural. And the devil loves that. But we have to work with the Holy Spirit some. <clears throat> if it's just acknowledging that you hear Him. You know when you hear the Holy Spirit, don't you? I mean, He speaks loud and clear. And it's so good just to say, Lord, I hear you. And you're right. I shouldn't have said those words. I shouldn't have done this. Uh, and I know you'll help me uh, to change and to live different by your grace. Amen. All the fruit of the Spirit comes to us by the grace of God. And uh, whether you realize or not, you just need to acknowledge the grace of God 
is at work in your life. It started when you got saved or before you got saved to draw you to Christ and is going to work in your life the rest of your life. Amen. Till you get your new body and, and then uh, things will be different. It would be a lot easier for the Holy Spirit. Amen. And for us. And uh, it would be different. But right now, he uses the fruit of the Spirit. It's something very real. <clears throat> it's something very helpful. Uh, pardon? Uh, Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 19 and 21. I want to read this. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which is not that. That's what I said I wasn't going to read. Uh, and back down in 22 and 23. And, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ, if you belong to Christ... You have these, see. You have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Uh, and if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us be desirous, not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. He's simply saying we, we ought to live like and act like we're a Christian and like the Holy Spirit lives in us. You know, same Holy Spirit lives in each and every one of us. He came in the moment we were saved. He's never left. He doesn't go on vacation. <clears throat> he doesn't take a day off. Uh, he doesn't favor one person in, the, and, uh, in that person. Now, the, how we respond to him, uh, of course, it encourages the Holy Spirit to speak to us about more things. Amen. But we ought to treat the Holy Spirit like He is a real being, because He is. He's the third member of the Godhead. And He's given to us to be with us throughout our day and throughout our life. He never leaves us. It's an amazing thing. I, don't ask me to explain it, how the Holy Spirit can live in you every moment of every day, and He can live in me every moment of every day. He, he, he can learn what my shortcomings are and where, what my weaknesses are and what, my, what strengths we need to work on because uh, he's a real being. He, he's a part of the Godhead. But he dwells in each of us and he pays attention. He's not like some workers just showed up and punch in. He's there 24-7 and he pays close attention to our lives. And he sees, well, I think they could live, use a little bit more love today. I, I think they could use a little bit more patience. Um, and he works on that. And he doesn't ever give up on us. I'm, I'm glad of that. I'm pretty hard-headed. I don't know about you. <clears throat> I don't mean to be. I just born that way and never got out of it. Amen. But... Why be hard-headed against the Holy Spirit? 
He's the best thing that ever happened to us. And uh, he's so good to us. And our life is so much better. Uh, and our homes and our marriages are so much better. And we raise our children so much better. Uh, I, I'm surprised our, my children didn't grow up with a lot of bitterness. I, I, was, I was pretty tough on them sometimes. Uh, but they knew I loved them. They knew that I wanted them to know that the Lord loved them. And I wanted them to love the Lord and to understand that the Lord pays attention to their lives uh, and He wants the best for them. And I taught them that. And uh, I think it paid off because I think I got some pretty good kids. And uh, I'm so glad I'm a Christian. So glad God called me in the ministry because uh, and equipped me through the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm not on this on my own. So let's look at this. Uh, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Uh, that's a self-sacrificing uh, of ourselves for others and for their good and for God's glory. The sac- self-sacrificing of ourself for others, for their good, and for God's glory. That's a, that's a type of love. Uh, there's an erotic love, and that's what most of the world thinks about when they think of love. You know, the, uh, do you turn me on? You know, uh, erotic love. <clears throat> but this is uh, a godly love. Uh, a love that how God loves us. And we have that same ability in us to love one another and to love the lost world the way God loves them. Because He's in us. And He's given us this fruit of the Spirit of love. And it's, it's a, just like Jesus went to the cross and sacrificed Himself for us for, because He loved us. He's given us this self-sacrificing love. And that's why we show up for church. That's why we, uh, we read our Bibles and we pray and we witness uh, and we help people. This is, the, this, is, this is the most unusual church I've ever been in. Most other churches I've been in has had too much influence for me because I was their pastor. But... Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I've had some good churches, but this is such a giving church, a loving church, and you, you've been so uh, so kind to me and my family, and uh, I think that's because the Holy Spirit's love is in you, and uh, that's nothing to be shy about, <clears throat> because that's from the Lord. To be able to love with a godly love, it's from the Lord. Uh, and be able to sacrifice yourself for, uh, for the good of others. Um, we've got plenty of time to take care of ourselves. Take a little vacation from self and selfishness and love and care about others. We pray for our own needs, uh, but we ought to pray for other people's needs. Uh, bring it for the throne of grace. <clears throat> a self-sacrificing love. Romans 5.8 says, But God commendeth his love. 
agape, same, same word uh, as here in Galatians, <clears throat> that God wants to give us that self-sacrificing love. We're not naturally that way. Uh, God is. He's, he's just because he's God. That's the only way he can love, with a self-sacrificing love. Uh, but we have to give, be given it as a gift. And he said, but God commended his love toward us, and that way we're, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There was nothing in us to cause God to love us the way he did. We did not merit that love, at least a little bit. Now, if you think you did, okay, you go ahead and believe that. But uh, when you get to heaven, you'll have to apologize to God because <laughs> you're wrong. We do not merit God's love. It's an unmerited love. And uh, <clears throat> he, I'm glad he made it that way. Why is that so important? You know, if you have to merit something, you have to keep on meriting it. Or is it if, I have to, if I had to get where I could behave myself just good enough for God to love me, which I didn't. That's why he saved me by grace. Amen. But if that's what it was, if it was an unmerited love, then I'd have to, uh, if I messed up, he wouldn't love me anymore or quite as much. Uh, and I'd have to work myself back up and get on his good side again and where he'd love me again. Amen. That, that shouldn't be hard for us to understand because, you know, we have really that kind of love naturally for our, our children. You know, our children can mess up pretty bad, and we still love them. Amen. Uh, I thought I was going to kill all three of my kids before they got grown, uh, all except Amy, my daughter. She was nearly, nearly, not quite, but nearly perfect. At least that's what the boys thought I thought about her. But the boys, oh, I tell you, well, I won't tell you. You call you still call me you still call the uh what is it the uh, yeah, the uh welfare department on me. Uh I mean but I have to admit they were a little hard headed too, but they got that from their dad too. But I loved them. And they knew I loved them. Amen. And I wasn't a perfect father. But they still turned out pretty good. Because they knew I loved them. Just, love just conquers all. Love just gets rid of all resistance. Amen. And uh, allows us to be molded and shaped. Uh, when we love God that way and we realize how much He loves us, we trust Him with our lives. And He can just about do anything with us. Uh, and uh, take us anywhere He wants us to go. And I've been a lot of places. I've pastored a lot of churches. And, uh, but I knew God loved me. And I did it because I loved Him. Joy. Uh, this joy is much deeper than a sense of happiness or gladness from the circumstances 
in our life. See, this joy isn't based on circumstances. Have you noticed this about circumstances? They change pretty regularly. Have you noticed that? I don't know about you. My circumstances seem to change pretty quickly and pretty often. Just when I think I got my ducks all in a row, they all take off in different directions. Amen? Uh, our circumstances of our life. Uh, and by the way, that's what be- people base their joy on. If all your circumstances are good, you're joyful. You're happy. Uh, if you have problems, then you, don't, you lose your joy. Or if you get discouraged, you can lose your joy. But the joy that the Holy Spirit gives, it weathers all the storms of life. No matter, no matter what happens. No matter how sad you can become, you still got a joy in your heart as a Christian. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just lost my wife. I thought I'd never be happy again. But I went on. I'm going to get to see her again. And God still gives me joy. There's so much in life to be joyful about. It's everywhere. God is so good to us. And uh, gives us more of each of these as we need them. Amen. We've got a God that understands us. He understands when we're sad, when we're discouraged. He just says, well, I need another bucket full of joy. Amen. And He gives us joy. But it's much deeper than just happiness and gladness from the circumstances. Joy is something that continually strengthens us. The joy that the Holy Spirit gives. Nehemiah 8, 6, 16 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. You can have the joy. This joy will carry you through the darkest night. Uh, First night. I, I don't mean to talk about my wife, but uh, I loved her. I love her. But first night, I, I slept alone without her after she passed. Now I slept alone while she was in the hospital, but that's different. I, I thought she was coming home. But the last night, that I realized I wasn't going to be sleeping with her anymore. The Holy Spirit came in and said, what about the 55 years that you were together and the joy you had together and what a joy you were to one another And that strengthened me. 
I mean, there'd been other times I'd been away and or she had been away going to a, a uh, conference, ladies' conference or something. But to know, I don't know how long it's going to be before I see her again. But I talked to her. You know how I talked to her? I want to make sure the message gets through. Ask Jesus to tell her that I love her. I think He does. I feel good about it. She gets, she gets these little love notes all the time. Oh, He said He loved you again. Everybody in heaven knows her husband loves her. And I've got joy. I can live with joy because I know she's being taken care of. I was taking her the other day. Her mother and father's there. My mother and father's there. Our firstborn child that died of highland membrane disease, lived one day. He's there. Uh, I don't think the Lord let him grow up. I don't, I, don't have, I don't know. I'm thinking she may be holding that little baby in her arms. And maybe she'll get to watch him. I don't know. I don't have any biblical grounds for that just a feeling I have. All of our loved ones are there. And she sees them. She's talking to them. They're laughing. Amen. Why can't you have joy when you know you're a Christian? You know your loved ones are safe and that they're happy. Amen. He gives us peace. Uh, not just any peace, but peace that's unshakable. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, and be careful for nothing. He didn't say for don't worry about many things. Or He said don't worry about Nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, same time we're asking, we're supposed to be thanking the Lord that He's going to give it to us. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad that's the fruit of the Spirit? Peace, no matter what you go through in life, you can have peace. You can take it on the chin and you can get up and go again. Christians shouldn't be a namby-pamby. Well,
I thought we missed a special. Uh, we've got the peace of God living in our hearts. Amen. The devil doesn't like that, but he just has to live with it. Because nothing can take away that peace that God gives us. He gives us forbearance. Ephesians 4 2 says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. It's the gift of the Spirit to be uh, forbearing or long suffering. Amen. That's, that's how people stay married for years and years. Amen. Some, somebody's got to do some forbearing and it's got to be both at some time or another. Uh, I don't understand the Christians getting a divorce. I know it happens and sometimes if the other mate just won't work it out, there's not a lot you can do except pray. And, uh, but we're supposed to forbear what does that mean? That means put up with them. Put up with them. If there's something that you don't like, just shut your mouth and put up with it. Because I'm sure, I'm just as sure, that there's things that bug them about you. It's a two-way street. What do we do? We're supposed to forbear one another with lowliness and meekness and long-suffering. That's how we're supposed to forbear. But the Holy Spirit gives us this forbearance so we can just keep on forbearing. Amen? That's how people stay married for 55 years. I was hoping to hit 60 or 65, but 55 is pretty good. Amen. Every time I'm driving down this highway, I see a 55 speed limit. I got stopped the other day. I think I was going 65. I was thinking about something. A policeman came up, took my driver's license. I was going to give him a Sob story. I was going to tell him I just lost my wife, and but I thought, well, I can't. That's terrible. That's wrong. Use that. But it had a big part of it. I just wasn't paying attention. Another thing, I think you saw this old gray hair. You might have seen that eleven eleven forty seven. My birth date. He came back, handed me the driver's license and said, Let's slow down a little bit. And went on. I didn't deserve that. Amen. I'm glad the Lord gave him some forbearance. Amen. Kindness, Ephesians 4.32. And be ye kind one to another. That's such a good thing to do. 
kindness such a wonderful thing. You know what? Kindness makes the person you're kind to feel good, but it makes you, the one being kind, feel just as good. Don't you know whenever times that you've been kind to someone, maybe they didn't really even deserve it. Maybe you didn't return what they were given out. You've returned kindness. Well, if you did, it, it's the Holy Spirit. He gave you that gift of kindness at that moment. Amen. We, we don't have any reason to get big-headed and think highly of ourselves and not be humble. Because it's the gift of the Spirit. Forever kind is the Holy Spirit. Forever patient is the Holy Spirit. And forever loving is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Well, preacher, you don't know what they did. Well, God knows what you did, and He still forgave you. Amen? And He keeps on forgiving you. Why can't we forgive? We have worn out our forgiveness ticket. Amen. I, I don't know about you. I, well, he's praying for forgiveness again. I think we ought to do that. When we know that we've been wrong, we ought to pray for forgiveness. Uh, he says we're to be that way toward each other. It's a supernatural thing to be kind when you're suffering, when so someone does you wrong. But it's a gift of the Spirit that we're able to do that. Because you know what? It knocks people off the street, off, off their feet when they've been ugly to you. And you turn around and be kind to them. And you can do that because it's the fruit of the Spirit. There's no reason for a Christian to be a retaliator or a get, getting even. Or I don't know if that's a good word or not, but always having to get even. Always having to cast another stone. We don't have to live that way. We've got the fruit of the Spirit. But kindness. Kindness when you're suffering. That's one of the worst times to be kind. When you're going through suffering. But it's a gift of the Spirit. Goodness is something the Spirit wants to produce in, in uh, us while our awareness and response uh, with our awareness and responsiveness. As, in other words, when God is good to us, He wants us to respond by being good to others. Pass it on. Amen. Galatians 6:10. As we have therefore opportunity, 
Let us do good to, unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. We ought to be better to those of the household of faith than anybody in the world. But the Bible says, as much as we have opportunity, we're to be good to all men. You know, nothing can help your testimony as a Christian like being good to someone that has been ugly to you. Amen? They don't know how to deal with it. The world doesn't know how to handle it. They're shocked when they know that they've been doing something ugly to you and treating you bad, and you turn around and you treat them good, and you help them or do something, or you say a kind word. That just doesn't happen in this world. The only way it can happen with us to have this goodness is because it's something the Spirit produces in us. Uh, it's the goodness of the Lord. So as we have had opportunity, let us do good to all men, but especially to them of the household of faith. And then there's faithfulness. Another word is trustworthy. Uh, loving. consistency had a professor in Bible college that said consistency consistency thou art a jewel is the only thing consistent about most of us is our inconsistency isn't that the truth amen we're so inconsistent we don't want to be but God gives us the, the gift of faithfulness, dependability, uh, consistency uh, in our life. Um, everything that life brings, He expects us, His disciples, to be unwavering and their faithfulness to him and to others. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath prepared for them that love him. I don't understand how we can be unfaithful. I start to say I can't understand unfaithful people, but I am unfaithful sometimes too. But God, as we walk in the Spirit, can make us a more of a faithful person. Faithful to God, faithful to church, faithful to your loved ones, faithful to your family, Amen. God can give you that. When I was raised with low morals and uh, selfishness and self-centeredness, you know, we can 
we can go down that road and we can blame everything on how we were raised, but weren't we all raised with it to some degree? Because we live in this wicked world. Amen? We've all been exposed to uh, unfaithfulness. And we've been very unfaithful ourselves. But God gives us the ability to be faithful. Gentleness. The way the Christian engages with others is what the fruit of gentleness is all about. This is the way we should engage with other people, Christians and the world alike. It uh, makes such an impression. It, uh, people will stop and listen to you if you're gentle. If you've done something to offend them, if you apologize, don't raise your voice and say, I'm really sorry. I, did, I didn't mean to offend you. And be gentle. Gentleness just opens the door to people's hearts because they don't see it much. And this old rough world we live in. It's hard to find a gentle person. We used to call them gentle men. Amen? That's where that came from. Because they're gentle. But we can't be consistently gentle in this world without the gift of the Holy Spirit giving us gentleness. We all have times we lose our temper, we get impatient, uh, we, uh, we lose it, in other words. And we don't know how to deal with the situation. Well, here's one verse I always teach you how to deal with when you find yourself in a hot situation, a hostile situation. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. Uh, that's good advice from the Bible, isn't it? A soft answer. Don't raise your voice. Whenever you're angry, when you're upset, don't throw gasoline on the fire. Amen? Don't make things a hundred times worse. Act like a spirit-filled Christian. And learn that a soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. And then self-control. Paul concludes his list with uh, fruit of the Spirit with self-control. I think he could have started with that. That's a lot of our problems. We, we try to control everybody else and everything else so they fit into our life and they satisfy us and please us. But we don't consider... Controlling herself 
in order to please others. That's the only way you can consistently live for others is to have some self-control. Why is that? Because we spend our whole life living for ourselves, pleasing ourselves, uh, doing what makes us happy. And the Holy Spirit has to change that by giving us a little self-control. Because our human signature, everyone's personality has a negative impulses and qualities. Everybody's different. Overcoming those uh, can be a constant tug of war without self-control. You'll never change anything in your life. You'll never hear a sermon preached and say, I'm going to go right home and confess all my sins. That's what I really felt like doing. And we ought to do it every day. Without some self-control. You'll never have the power to consistently do right and do good if you can't control your own sinful self. Because your sinful self wants to rule and reign in your life. It wants what it wants, and it wants it right now. Amen? And you're happy, you learn to be happy by making your sinful self happy. By giving it what it wants. And that's why you live such a defeated Christian life, if that's what your goals are. Uh, our personalities are all different. What sets you off doesn't set me off. What qualities that you have, I don't have. Or what, what I have, maybe you don't have. So it's a constant tug of war. But Christians have the power of God's Holy Spirit in their lives to help them identify and overcome the areas of weakness. Now, if you're one of these people that can sit there and say, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what areas of weakness. I'm a pretty good person. Well, let me ask your husband or your wife or your children or Amen. We can be blind to our own self. But we need some self-control. That's the last thing. Self-control. Paul concludes his list of the fruits of the Spirit with self-control. We won't do any of the rest of these and work with the Holy Spirit in any of these if we don't have some self-control. If we can't keep self under control, then the Holy Spirit can't put us under His control. Does that make sense? No man can serve two masters. But the Bible says that. Amen. So we need self-control. Uh, because of our human nature, everyone's personality has, a, has negative impulses and qualities overcoming them 
can be a constant war. You say, I don't feel a war like that. Well, you haven't tried to fight the battle. You try to overcome some of your inconsistency and have some self-control against the impulses that come into your life, then you'll always be defeated. That's why the Holy Spirit gives us self-control so we can say no to sin and yes to the Holy Spirit. We can say no to what's wrong and yes to what's right if we have this gift of the Spirit of self-control. It's something the Holy Spirit wants to give us as a Christian. We don't have the excuses of the world. The world says, well, I just couldn't help myself. (laughs) You know, I just, uh, that's what I wanted, and I want what I want, and I get what I want. And they're spending time in jail because they got what they wanted. even though what they wanted was not what they really wanted. So it's a consistent tug of war. But we've got the power of God's Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad of that? There's hope. We've got the power of God's Holy Spirit in this tug of war of self-control. Can I tell you, if you're a self-controlled person, can you control yourself enough to not control everybody else? That tells a lot, doesn't it? If you're a control freak for everybody else and you, yourself, uh, you just do whatever you want to do, like it or lump it. Amen? No control over yourself, but you want everybody else to fall in line. Amen. Because self is number one. Because you live in the flesh. And you're weak. But the Holy Spirit wants to make you strong. And give you self-control. Titus 2, 11 through 12 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us. See, the grace of God is always teaching us. If we'll listen, pay attention. He's got a lot of good to teach us. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. If you have any self-control at all, you didn't come by it naturally. Because we naturally don't have self-control. As human beings, we want what we want when we want it. And everybody else needs to get out of the way. Amen. But we have the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, God knows that <clears throat> we struggle in life and we're unhappy much of the time, that we ought to be happy. If we'll just 
allow the Holy Spirit to produce these fruits of the Spirit in our life. You ought, you ought to read this often. Because the Holy Spirit's just trying to help us. He's not trying to lord it over us. He's trying to make our life more livable and easier, not more difficult. Amen? You'll have a lot more friends. You'll have a lot less fights. You'll be a lot less selfish if you let the Holy Spirit do His work. Just work on it. How do you do that? Just read these. Or anything that you read in the Bible that you ought to be letting the Holy Spirit do in your life. Like confessing your sin. Amen. You got one this morning. You need to practice that. There's not a person here that doesn't need to practice confessing your sin because we're all sinners. Amen? That's weak. We're all sinners. Amen? Yeah. We ought to confess our sins every day. We'll get behind pretty quick. And uh, it will interfere with our relationship with the Lord. But the gifts of the Spirit is for our relationship with the Lord, first of all, and is for our relationship with every other person. Beginning at the house of God. Amen? And uh, it's a wonderful thing. I'm glad He gave us the Holy Spirit. Somebody else talks to me, I can turn them off. I hadn't figured out how to turn off the Holy Spirit. He's always there. He's always yakking. He's always talking. And I can't shut him out. Amen? He lives in me. And I know he's right. So I have to agree. And I know he loves me. And I know he wants what's best for me. And he's stuck with me and I'm stuck with him. Throughout my life. But it's a good thing if we just allow Him to work these, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you for coming tonight. I, I, I apologize for the tears. I don't, I've seen other preachers preach. I always thought I was hard hearted because I never cried from pulpit or anything. But I'm a different person than I've been. And it's a good thing. Don't let your heart get hard. Keep it soft and tender. The Lord can speak to you. The Lord can help you. Thank you for coming tonight. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Father, I thank You for Your love for us. I thank You for Your wisdom. You know best exactly what we need in life. And in every turn of life, the way things turn out, they're the very best thing that could have happened. Even though you'll have to explain it to us a little bit when we get to heaven. Because we don't have the 
human wisdom to see it. But Father, You love us so much. And You want to help us so much. And let us pay attention to the Holy Spirit working and trying to give us more of His power and His strength and His gifts to make it through this life and have a victorious life because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in our life. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. For His sake, Amen.